This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today is a beautifully cool day, Jesse. Actually, it feels like September. It feels like fall. I actually got to wear a hoodie when I went out and took the babies on a walk this morning. It was amazing. And it has just gotten me in the mood for cooking. And we're going to talk about a couple of recipes and things that I'm loving later on in the show. But today's topic is one that I have gotten asked over and over and over again. And that is about our rules for kids and cell phones. And we have a little bit of, I would say, maybe some different thoughts than I hear from a lot of parents. And we just want to share our perspective. We'll share that later in the show. But I hope it encourages you and you might not agree with us, but maybe it will make you think. But before we get to that, let's talk about what's saving our life. And I am bringing a recipe today because it's fall and it's pumpkin weather. I love fall. I love all things pumpkin and apples. And so this is the perfect time of year for pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. And we had some this week. And while I don't know that they are exactly legitimately saving my life, they are making my life much better. In fact, they're all gone. So I think we're going to need some more. We had pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. Oh, did you not know? <laughs> no, just I know you know. I, I could have hit them, but no, I was kind enough to let other people know that they were available. Otherwise, I probably would have eaten all of them. 
Um, but I was excited because Aldi actually has pumpkin for 85 cents a can. So I only bought two cans this past week. I was like, I should have stocked up and gotten a lot more. Jesse, what's saving your life this week? Well, the crock pot. <laughs> I was going to talk about the crock pot, yeah. but go for you, it. You are making crock pot meals this week, and which means we have a lot of leftovers, which means we have a lot of food. Which is, <laughs> which is a really good, a good thing. thing. I've been doing something different this week. I usually reverse meal plan, which basically means I buy what's on sale and what's marked down. Usually at Kroger is my favorite store to go to. But I know that a lot of people who follow me, they don't have a Kroger store or they don't have a store that has great sales or markdowns. So this week I am demonstrating a different way to grocery shop, a way that I've done in the past, and that is to do it the normal way, which is to plan your menu and then shop according to what's on the plan. And then I'm sharing some things on my blog, moneysavingmom.com, on ways that you can save and be strategic and intentional with your finances, even if you only have a Walmart or you only have a store that doesn't have that many sales. And so I'm not only talking about it, but I wanted to demonstrate it. So I went to Aldi and I did our grocery shopping and basically bought almost everything that we would need for the entire week, which is not usually how I shop. Usually my shopping trips look very weird because I will buy, you know, five pounds of butter and five jars of peanut butter because both of them are on sale. And then you might not see the makings of meals because it's all these kind of random groupings of different things. But then it means that in our pantry, we have a wide variety of things and in our freezer. And so then I use that variety of things that I've purchased the last six to eight weeks or more to base our meals. But this week I'm doing it a different way. And I'm using the Eat at Home menu plan service because that's one that we have used many times in the past when it's been um, really full seasons of life. And I just wanted to demonstrate for people who say, well, I don't have time to plan a menu or I don't have time to make a grocery list. Eat at Home does it all for you. And this is not sponsored. I just love, <laughs> I love their menu plan service. And so I'm using it this week and using their instant pot crock pot menu plan. And I'm doing the large family plan. Each week you get access to four different menu plans, a traditional menu plan, instant pot, slow cooker menu plan, a no flour, no sugar menu plan, and a plant-based menu plan. And then within each of those menu plans, they also have a small family or a large family. So you get lots of options. Well, the small family is for two to three people, I believe. The large family is for six to eight people. That's a big jump. So it's not it might not be exactly that, but it's something like that. And so, okay, maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's three to four people and then six to eight people. That would be okay. right because it's doubled. Okay, I said that incorrectly. But anyway, so the three to four is, you know, the small family plan. It's just a not quite enough not for quite us. Enough. Yeah. But the six to eight is too much. Yeah. And so you love it because then it means that our fridge is just packed with all these leftovers. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Crock-Pot, we actually replaced the crock pot this week. You came home with a brand new crock pot for me. Yeah. Because that crock pot that we had. Right, no, we've had it for a long time. I think we, we've used it a lot, but it had a crack all the way around it. So. I feel like we got it when we were first married. I thought, yeah. I, I think we did. I don't think it was. No, I think it was a wedding gift because don't you remember? We ended up getting, this is a total rabbit trail, but didn't we get three or four crock pots for our wedding? Yeah, Do you remember that? Yeah, toasters too. We, yeah. we got multiples of things because we had registered at, 
I think we, did we only register at Walmart? I know we did Walmart. I thought we did bed. bed oh, that's right. Too. We did too. But I only registered, we only registered really practical things. And so we didn't have anything on our list that was really expensive. And we didn't have that many items on our list because hello, I'm a minimalist. And so it was as if people... Well, <laughs> that, that's every, a story in and of itself. That was every, definitely an experience of being newly engaged, going in and registering items and not realizing exactly how much of a minimalist you are. That was pretty funny. But then what ended up happening is because we had, didn't we have, I'm thinking we had multiple showers and people were very generous and we had quite a few people at our wedding. Mm -hmm. And so everything had gotten purchased off our registry. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is that people just started buying doubles. And so we ended up with multiple toasters, multiple crockpots, but it was actually great because we just took it all back to Walmart, the extras, and then they gave us cash back that we mm -hmm. used to buy some other things that you wouldn't really put on your registry, yeah. like paper towels or toilet paper or something. Although we did have people buy brooms and mops and trash cans. I mean, we registered all the practical things and people bought them, which was amazing. Anyway, that was a tangent. But we finally replaced our Crock-Pot, and I'm excited to have many more Crock-Pot meals in the future. But speaking of which, we will put the link in the show notes for both the Eat at Home Menu Plan service if you're interested in checking it out, and then also the recipe for the pumpkin chocolate chip muffins, because I don't want you to miss out on that. Jesse, do you have any book updates for us? Well, I was thinking about that. Let me look up here on my phone, because on my Goodreads app. So I use the Goodreads app to keep track of what I'm reading, but also to keep track of what I want to read or want to listen to, especially in this Midtrap series that I'm listening to, which is the next book in the series. It's kind of instead of going online and finding the list of books in the series each time, Goodreads actually has them listed out by number. So I didn't know you used Goodreads. Yep. Where did, did you learn about it from me? Did I, I was going to say thanks to you, but then you said, did you learn about it from me? Yes, I did. I introduced you to an app. This is exciting. That rarely ever happens because I have so few apps on my phone. But anyway, keep going. So there is one and a half books left in the series. So I'm on book number 18 right now. And then he just came out with one this month, which will be 19. So... When you say one and a half books, you're saying because you still have half a book to read and then another book. Right. Okay. Half of 18. And I just wanted to make sure there 19. wasn't like some random half book or something somewhere. Well, my book that I wanted to talk about, the last few books I've read kind of have been duds. So I'm not going to talk about those. But I do have this Rhythms for Life planner and journal that I tried the last two weeks. It is actually from Rebecca Lyons who she wrote the book that we talked about on a previous episode, Rhythms of Renewal. And this is a planner that she is um, releasing, I believe, in October to go along with that. And in her book, she encourages you to invest time into rest, restoring, connecting, and creating. So this journal actually takes you on this 90-day journey through just learning to implement more rest, restoration, connecting, and creating in your life. And she gives you really practical examples of how to do that. So every day has 
these four areas. There's a page for them and it has a section if you want to put your morning routine and your bedtime routine and your priorities and then a page um, for journaling. But under each of the categories, it says today I will rest. And then she gives you four options, spend time alone, reflect and journal, declutter my desk or get eight hours of sleep. So in each of the categories, then with restore, it's today I will stretch or take a walk or cook a favorite meal or laugh, connect. Today I will give a compliment or encourage someone or listen intently or have coffee with a friend. Today I will create, use my imagination, read something new, doodle or draw or bake something. So what it does is it just really challenges you to make sure that you are taking time to refill, renew your tank so that you're not running on empty. And I thought it was very helpful. I don't think I'm going to do it for the full 90 days, but it was very insightful for me to do for 14 days just to see where are the areas of my life where I'm not refueling. And I noticed that I usually am always taking time to do some of one or two of the things on the rest list and typically on the restore list as well. Connecting, I'm usually fairly good at that, but creating, that is not something that I have built into my day very much. Now, if it was cooking or something like that, I have been doing that, but things like working with my hands, building something or creating something or gardening or doing some type of you know painting or project like that, that is just not something that I do in my day usually. And so it's very insightful. And I'm not saying that I have to do that, but I'm thinking of what are some ways that I can just incorporate that into my day in a way that's going to be restorative to me. And so that was really helpful to think of that and to realize that. Now, I feel like I do create in a sense because I create with words. And so writing is my expression of creation. But at the same time, a lot of that is kind of happening under the heading of work. Mm -hmm. So It's not restorative. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that whenever I write an Instagram post or something like that, a lot of the time I actually, that is very life-giving to me. But it also is kind of one of those things where it's somewhat of a commitment. It's not this extracurricular sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So it's just... It was just helpful to think through. So again, that is the Rhythms for Life journal. It comes out in October and it is 90 Days to Peace and Purpose by Rebecca Lyons. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. All right, Jesse, ready to dive into our rules for kids and phones. Before we get into this, I just feel like I need to say that this is our family. I just, I need to give this caveat. I know y'all know this, but it's good to just be reminded that what works for our family won't necessarily work for your family and that each child is different. And I think it's important that you know your kids, you know their struggles, you know where they're at, you know what will work for them, and you seek the Lord for what he's called your family to But we just wanted to give you some thoughts as we are processing through this with having a 15 and 13 and 11-year-old who are kind of right on the cusp of this whole kids and technology and how do you walk this well. I think the most important thing that we have done is to choose, I don't know if it's the most important thing, but maybe somewhat countercultural to what I hear from a lot of people, and that is we have chosen not to have rules. And instead, we have guidelines. 
And there is a very intentional reasoning behind this. But first, I thought it would be helpful for us to talk about what some of those guidelines are. First and foremost, we don't just automatically give our child a phone when they turn a certain age. Right. One of our children did want to have a phone when they reached a certain age, but we said no. And so our thing... That was, and, and that was a big deal because that... And that's kind of where the guidelines fell into place mm-hmm. and realized, you know what? It's not just age specific. It's each child is different. So how are we going to treat each subsequent child that wants to have technology and when are they ready for it? Well, because I think there can be some danger if you say, you know, when you're this age, you get to do this when you don't know what that child is going to be like at that age. And so Mm -hmm. our thing has always been, you need to be mature and you need to have a need for a phone Mm -hmm. before you get a phone. So for both of the girls, that has been when they were 12. They had shown enough maturity and the need for a phone. And by that, it means that they were going places by themselves where they were going to be in situations where we felt like we wanted to be able to contact them. Now, we would not have let them be going into those situations if they didn't also have the maturity. Right. So, so it very much goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. If our child is old enough to have a phone, then they're also old enough to be going into those situations because they've, for us, it's that they've shown that they can stand alone, that they can make good choices, even if not everyone else is making good choices, or that they will want to contact us if something's happening in that situation where they feel that they need to come home. I think of a time whenever Catherine was in a situation where they were going to watch a movie and she didn't feel comfortable with it. And so she texted me and asked me, you know, can you come get me? Because I've asked and, you know, this is what's going down and I don't feel comfortable with this. And so I think that it's important for them to be able to stand alone, for them to know when it's a situation that they need to walk away from. Mm-hmm. And so this maturity and need for a phone really has gone hand in hand mm-hmm. for us. But I think that it's not just a given right? when you turn 12 or when you turn 13. I mean, and that's the thing that we've said with Silas. We've said, you know, you're 11 and, and he's talked about, well, the girls got phones when they were 12. And I said, It's also, most importantly, not the age, but the maturity and the need for it. Secondly, I think that having a phone is a privilege, not a right. Mm -hmm. And that goes right along with what we were just saying. But I think it's important that this is communicated to kids, that this is not a right. It's a privilege and you need to treat it as such. And also, who owns the phone and who pays for the phone and to have them understand that this is something that we are allowing them to use, but it's ultimately ours. And I think if a child is not old enough or mature enough to understand that concept, then we wouldn't give them a phone. Right. And they also need to understand that because it's a privilege, because it's being paid for by us, we have the ability to take it away at any time mm-hmm. and with no questions asked. And that we have the, I wouldn't say the drive, but we have the freedom to be able to, to, to take it 
at any time. Because I I know situations where parents are very reluctant to take away technology from their kids because they think because they think it's a right for one, but two because the parents don't have the relationship with them where they think they can mm-hmm. that it'll actually create a, a hostile relationship in the future and that's as we were getting ready for this I, I was thinking it really is it's a holistic approach to parenting really mm-hmm. I mean to be able to have the foundation of building trust of uh, knowing the, their needs knowing it all starts earlier building that foundation mm-hmm. of communication of respect of love and i know some sometimes it's it's it would be difficult without that foundation to apply what we have in place i agree and so i think that's why we don't have rules because for us it's more about the relationship mm-hmm. and it's more about guiding our children through this time and learning to use technology well which we'll talk about more in just a minute but Number three is we can access anything on their phones at any time. Mm -hmm. And again, because we own the phone, we pay for the phone. It's a privilege, not a right. But they know that at any time we can access it. And one of the things that I have done with both of the girls, when they first got their phone, for the first number of months, I actually did look every night and see everything that they had written, all the text, all of that. And it wasn't because I didn't trust them. It was more so because this was a new privilege and I wanted to make sure that they were just walking it well. And sometimes learning how to communicate via text, there can be miscommunication. <laughs> it's completely different. And we've had some issues with that. And so just helping the girls with learning how, you know, when you say this or when, when it, you know, it could come across like this. And so it was just a learning process that we walked together and it wasn't about control. It wasn't Mm -hmm. because I didn't trust them. It was more so that this was something new and it's kind of like learning to ride a bike. You know, you don't just put your kid on the bike and send them off. I remember my dad teaching me how to ride my bike and he held on to the back. I had a little handle on the back of the seat. It was a banana seat, Schwinn bike. And he held on to that and he would go with me. And while I was trying to learn to ride without training wheels and he would hold on to the back. And then every once in a while, he would let go a little bit. And he just kept doing that again and again and again. And I feel like it's the same thing with something like a phone. It's that you're walking with them and you're slowly and gradually releasing them to make good choices, but in the beginning, walking with them to help them to understand things and make sure that they understand how words that are put out by text, things that are put out on the internet, you can't get it back Mm -hmm. and how you need to be very careful how you communicate with people. And this goes right along with our fourth guideline, and that is we talk very openly and often about the dangers, trends, and concerns of things that are on the internet and things with technology. And I just cannot strongly encourage you enough as a parent, 
You need to do your due diligence. You need to do your research. Because my job is primarily on the internet and I am primarily on social media for so much of what I do, I'm very, very aware of the creepers, the stalkers, the just ick that is out there. And there are guys who are solely just out there to solicit young girls. And I think it's, there's so much more I could say, but I cannot stress enough. Please know the apps that are out there. Know the social medias that are out there. Know the dangers that are out there because as parents, it is our God-given responsibility to protect our children especially as they're younger and they just don't know. There's a lot of young kids who just are naive. And if we don't understand and we don't know and we don't do our research, it can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that to scare people, but I think it's more of a, this is important that you understand so that you can help to guide and walk alongside your kids through this. And so we've been very... Um, particular about social media and about who they are interacting with online. And I wouldn't say it's a hard and fast rule that we have because we do allow certain things, but it's very, it's very much in a context of making sure that there are protections in place and that they know who they are communicating with. And, And one of the big things that's just they don't have any sort of communication with anyone that they don't know in real life. So maybe, maybe we do have that one rule. Um, but I think it's important because there, it's so easy with different apps and gaming and all of that, that you Mm -hmm. can get sucked into these different chats and rooms and relationships and things that it's with people that you have no clue who they are. And so for us, We've just felt like the best thing is to say, if you don't know this person in real life, you don't communicate with them online. Mm -hmm. And along with that, I think one thing that we have found really helpful is we know their friends Mm -hmm. and we communicate with their friends. They communicate with us and we, it's, it's really, actually, it's kind of a fun dynamic. I think it's rare. But it's a it's a way of we didn't intentionally do it. I don't think it's just being involved in our kids' lives. But it definitely is a protective. I wouldn't say mechanism, a way of being overly protective. No, we like um, their friends. But we like their friends. It's it's just being involved in their life. And I and I think that their friends know that we're very very involved. But it's fun because they reach out to me on social media. They message me and. I love that. I love that they welcome our involvement and they actually, in a sense, are, what is, what is the word that I'm looking for? But like they're opening up the door for us to be very involved. Their friends come over to our house and we have conversations like we know their friends. And so when they're talking about people that they're communicating with and situations online, by and large, we know these Mm -hmm. people. And I think that that's as much as you can be involved, not in a helicoptering sort of way, but that you're walking alongside your kids and our kids' friends know 
how involved we are. They know that our kids are going to share stuff with us. And I think that that just provides an extra layer of accountability. Exactly. Finally, and this is kind of the most important thing that I want to stress, we want to teach personal responsibility and wise decision-making. And so the reason that we don't set up all these rules or have all these layers of control in place, for instance, that we don't have all these lockdowns and we don't have all this stuff that is blocking everything is because I know that if a child wants to get around some sort of internet blocker, they will find a way. We at one point had had some blockers set up and that's exactly what happened. And sometimes I'm not going to say this all the time because sometimes there is the need for accountability. But sometimes those types of things, when you have their phone so locked down that they can't hardly access anything, one, it's going to make them feel like you don't trust them. Mm -hmm. Two, I think that for a lot of kids' personalities, it's going to make them feel like they want to rebel. They want to say, well, what are my parents protecting me from? And when you don't have those conversations and explain why, then I think that kids are going to be curious. And, I, and honestly, I don't think they don't think, what are my parents protecting me from? It's what are my parents keeping me from? Yes, I, I said that incorrectly. You're exactly right. And I think so this is why it's so important that you have those conversations. And so with the girls... I will play out scenarios. I will show them text that messages that come in to my social media, and I will show them how I respond to those, how I am, which is usually blocking the person, but how I'm dealing with those, how I'm handling those and trying to just show them how I'm learning. And when I've made mistakes mm -hmm. of maybe I didn't catch that there was something there that it was, you know, I'll talk to them about that, but then also showing them examples of why and the dangers and not just saying you can't do that. And just, that's a hard and fast rule, but telling them why and mm -hmm. really explaining. Now for younger kids, you know, you want to be careful of what you're exposing them to, and you don't want to place fear or stress into their life. But at the same time, as your kids get older, they're going to be facing these things. They're going to be dealing with things that probably you never had to deal with in your childhood and in your teen years. And I think our job as parents and our desire as parents is to equip them, to equip them with the character to walk through these situations and equip them with their own personal responsibility, their own personal self-discipline, their own personal desire to make good choices. And so we want to build that trust relationship instead of just trying to control their environment. Because if you just try to bubble wrap and overprotect and put all these safeguards in place and you don't teach your child how to actually function and make good choices, it's kind of like if you were to just constantly have your child in floaties and a life jacket until they're really old. And then one day, all of a sudden they get thrown into the ocean without those. They're not going to know how to swim. 
they're not going to know how to handle that situation. It's going to be way too much for them. So that's why you slowly work on teaching them these things so that as they get older, they're able to take the floaties off and take the life jacket off and go into, you know, deeper and deeper water and be able to handle it because they're slowly building that muscle, building that strength, building that resilience. And I think it just ultimately comes back to, you know, seeking the Lord, walking with your kids, loving them, talking to them, listening to them, and having that heart to say, we want to point you to Jesus. We can't control what you do, but we can set a good example. We can love you and we can talk with you and walk with you. As we laid out these guidelines and talked about these issues, it it really comes down to relationship and developing, fostering, nurturing that relationship with your kids that will last forever be, and or hopefully last forever because this is a minefield and you have an opportunity to one misstep may affect things for a long time. So thinking of it that way, thinking of it as you're building a relationship and how can you develop that relationship and deepen it and use that as your framework for setting your own guidelines. And I think to remember, you are going to make some mistakes. We've made mistakes. We learn from our mistakes. We will make mistakes. (laughs) We are going to make more mistakes. And that's why there's Jesus. That's why there's forgiveness and we just have to seek the Lord and not walk in fear like Mm -hmm. we talked about last week, but to walk in faith and just one day at a time, trusting God, seeking him, asking him for wisdom in the moments when a situation arises that we don't know what to do, Mm -hmm. just crying out to him, stopping instead of just instantly freaking out or, you know, just getting all upset at your child when you find something out or something happens instead stop take a breath seek the lord ask him for wisdom ask him to help you to lean in and love your child well and walk with them well thank you for joining us today for more great resources please visit crystalpain.com 